Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. It's that time again. Yes, indeed. It's time for Shark Bite Biz. Once again, I'm your rock star wannabe host, David Strausser. And please make sure you follow me on Twitter at DStrausser83 and at Shark Bite Biz. Today's guest is a good friend of mine going back to my days of being a smart border champion in the Baja Cali mega region. For those wondering what a smart border champion is, let me explain. First off, it has nothing nothing to do with immigration. It actually has to do with trade and commerce for the most part. Most people don't really realize it, but the Baja California region with Tijuana, Mexicali, along that whole border with SoCal is extremely vital to the U.S. economy. Between NAFTA and now the USMCA, a ton of products are produced and transported in that border region. And I was a big champion of trying to make that buy national trade easier. Today's guest is a perfect example of how you can be successful having binational operations. He's a serial entrepreneur that has launched several businesses that stretch from the U.S. and all the way down into Mexico. And now he's got a brand smacking new industry he is undertaking. Hemp. Why hemp? Because of recent legislative changes, hemp is now 100% legal nationally. So we're going to hear a story about Sandro and how he saw an opportunity with a brand new market. He seized the moment and ran with it. By taking that risk, he now has a very stable business in a booming market. So who is Sandro, you're asking? Sandro Piancone is an author, investor, startup founder, serial entrepreneur, and now is focused on the hemp and cannabis business. His hemp business is called Hempbacco, where he is the CEO. So let's bring Sandro on in here. Business Strategy Hey, Sandro, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. We're so glad to have you here, man. Thank you, David. Thanks for inviting me on. I'm honored. I've been listening to him since you started, so I'm excited <laughs> to be uh, invited on. So thank you. Oh, no problem. No problem. So as you know, being a listener of the show, we have a tradition here. Very first question is always going to be a softball question. Tell us, who is Sandro? Give us your experience. Give us your background and tell us what you're doing now. Perfect. So I'm a proud dad. I have two boys, two M&Ms, Michael and Maximo, and I'm married wow. to my wonderful wife, Kim. And um, I was born in Sayreville, New Jersey, where I like to say great pizza and Bon Jovi comes from. Uh, I live here in beautiful San Diego, California in Chula Vista, and I'm a serial entrepreneur, I'm an investor and CEO of several different companies. That's great. And I think one thing that makes you a little bit unique is you really have the binational flavor going on as far as working down in Tijuana, Baja, Mexico, which is where we actually met originally. 
Yeah, correct. So I, I when I listened to your first one uh, that you did a lot of business back and forth. So I, I don't drive back and forth. I do have Century, yeah. and I'll go across for business. We have some operations there. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate that I, I spoke Italian. My parents taught me Italian when I was young, so it was easy <laughs> to go ahead and learn Spanish. So I like to say I speak Italian, Spanish, and a little bit of English. <laughs> that's funny. So your company, Hempaco, that's how you pronounce it, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hempaco, why don't you explain yes. to us what that is exactly? Because it is hemp it, it is still kind of really new. I mean, it's not even legal in all states right now, right? No, hemp is legal. So that's the biggest thing okay. that we're doing is education. So the farm bill passed, it's called the hemp farm bill. It passed at the end of 2019, 2018. Uh, President Trump signed it at the end, December of 2000. 18. So it's been almost a year and six months. It's been legal. Hemp is legal in all 50 states. Most people know it as a different name, CBD. So CBD right. are cannabinoids that are uh, extracted from the hemp plant. So it's two different plants. There's the marijuana plant and the hemp plant. And one has THC that gives hallucinogenic and one is CBD, which is more medicinal. Right. So with that, what you're doing, because you're making, I believe, hemp cigarettes, are they CBD then also in there or is it just the hemp leaf itself? Well, so it's, uh, we don't use the word cigarette. We use smokable. It's right. a hemp smokable. Smokable. And what there it is, go. it's Sorry. another delivery vehicle. Yes. It's a delivery vehicle for CBD. So in each, uh, we use a organic, California organic hemp with 10% mm -hmm. CBD. So each stick has 80 milligrams of CBD. So when you smoke it, it's the most efficient way to get your CBD. It relaxes you. Yes, at the end of the day, you're smoking, but it gives you your CBD it relaxes you and that's really the reason people might smoke is to relax them or it gives you the urge to stop smoking there's some some white papers done on smoking cbd smoking hemp gives you the urge to stop smoking okay no that's great so with that then with the the cbd itself i mean you just said i believe it was 80 milligrams i think is that correct 80 milligrams per stick yeah so uh, a box like this has 20 and, and then mm -hmm. yeah 20 sticks and it's 80 milligrams. So it's 1600 milligrams. So if you see CBD oil or tinctures or gummy bears, right. it's another way to deliver your CBD. And so our brand, which we have here, the actual box is made out of hemp, the filters made out of hemp, the paper's made out of hemp. And so it's wow. all biodegradable. And we use a very high-end California organic hemp with 10% CBD. That's great. And you're manufacturing these yourself as well too, right? Yeah, we have a full manufacturing facility. We have a, a line that we can do 30 million sticks a month or a million and a half packs per month of this but we also do white label. So we have a lot of clients from all over the US, some international like Switzerland and Europe that want us to do white label for them. It'll be their manufacturer for them and then we can ship it anywhere. It's legal, not all countries, but most countries. Of all things, Mexico is not legal yet. Wow, that that's kind of ironic. With that, then where would you view that your business is? Are you guys like fully ramped up? Are you ramping up? Where in that pipeline do you view, view your, your your current status? Yeah, so we're, we're, we're not a startup. A startup meeting mm -hmm. has no revenue. We've been in revenue. Of course, the pandemic put a hold on it, but we just changed things a little bit. We're we're a subsidiary of a larger company in Mexico. So we've been producing smokables in Mexico, not hemp, 
but tobacco and other products. We have a Machiadora and Emex. So we've been doing it five years. We believed when the hemp bill passed, we truly believed we could import hemp into Mexico to the Machiadora manufacture and ship it back and then ship all over the world. Our lawyers told us we could do it after spending about $200,000 in legal fees. We weren't able to do it. So we decided to oh. build a factory here in San Diego and start making them in San Diego. Oh, no, that that's great, though. I mean, having a product like this, like, you know, CBD that helps people that's actually being manufactured there in San Diego to somebody like me, I think that actually adds more value. To, I, I don't know. I just view it that it's more easily sourceable. It's more trusted to me knowing where yes, that it comes it, from San it Diego. Is. We could, we could, exactly. We could take and pick and pack. As you know, you do in business on the border for many, many years. Mm -hmm. uh, some clients don't have a problem crossing the border and some were terrified. Right. That was all pre-pandemic. Oh, yeah. Now we don't even bring people across to see our facilities because no one, <laughs> it's difficult to cross. It's difficult to come back. So by having the facility here, yes, it's been tremendous to uh, have the the facility here in San Diego. No, that, that's great. So how has the current global pandemic affected the growth of your business? I mean, from supply chain to manufacturing to sales, how tough has it been or how good has it been? Well, as you know, doing business, when this first happened, uh, January and Fe February, we were taken off. We were dealing with large mm -hmm. distributors. Everything was going well. And then when it when it really hit, everything got put on hold. People were nervous because to launch a brand, you actually have to go out and you have to visit buyers. There was no traveling. None of that was going on. So it was very, very difficult. We had to change our program from you know our, our MOQs being much larger to be an MOQs that were smaller, that we could, you know, hey, test the brand, go out, you can mail them to buyers. So we've been staying right. busy and now we see what states are opening up like North Carolina, Nevada, or we're starting to get large orders. But because we pivoted and, and did those small orders, we were able to get business. The other thing is because of one of our other businesses is a cold storage, we were deemed essential. And so we were here working every day. Wow. We invited clients to come visit us. I think they wanted a reason to get out of the house. So they came in to visit us. And we closed a lot of deals. And the other thing we did is when everyone was panicking, we dialed up the advertising on Google AdWords and SEO. Yeah. And you know now we are ranked number one in the space and we have anywhere between 10 and 20 leads a day coming in. So for that, us, that, you know, that's amazing. when there's panic, yeah, no, that, that that's incredible. And we've heard that story again, again, we've had a few marketing experts on here talking about that, how companies pivoted. We had... Elizabeth Yang, a very prominent lawyer out there in California, who was telling us like she used to get so much business from restaurant mats, but with restaurants being closed, they had to pivot through the SEO search on Google. And they found out, wait, pe more people are getting divorces because of the quarantine. Did that pivot from business law? Right. And it worked out amazingly for her with SEO. And here you are saying about how you took advantage of the situation. It sounds like you reviewed the data, you interpreted it, got it into some good business intelligence and made some smart decisions for your SEO advertising. So one question Absolutely. I have for so, you. Yeah, well, you know, we tested, we do a lot of testing, we texted what's working and what's, believe it or not, what's working the best are videos. People like seeing, so we have a machine that makes oh, yeah. 30 million sticks a month. So they like seeing the video, they like seeing the machine, 
one thing is typing it and one is seeing a video and our, our videos are oh, ranked yeah. number one. So actually seeing product come off the line was like a big deal. So that, that's what our testing showed us. That's amazing. And I'm so happy for you that you were able to test. Now, one question I want to ask to pivot a little bit the conversation is a lot of small business owners out there operating during COVID, whether they're a manufacturer, they were deemed essential and were able to remain open or whatever it may be, they're struggling just from the, the, the regulations and the compliance to make sure that their customers and employees are safe because of COVID-19 and the pandemic and the virus. Has that been a struggle for you and your manufacturing facilities? Has it been an extra burden to do that at all? No, because we all have GMP practices. What that means is okay. that we have the hair nets, we have the masks, we have the gloves anyway. We had okay. the booties. So those things we had in place anyway. For us, it wasn't, that wasn't something new for us. The way the machines are set up, you're just by the way the machines set up, you're six feet apart from each other or more 10 to 12 because it's more right. machinery ran more technical and then on the packaging side the same so that really didn't affect it what affected really what affected is and you're, you're a salesman like i am is you know we would be doing a show two or three shows a month that disappeared uh, oh yeah oh yeah phone calls and zooms phone calls and zooms are just okay and so you know, inviting customers here. If we can get a customer here and they can see the plant, uh, see the factory, we feed them, we'll close them. So some of the things, <laughs> the testing we did instead of doing, we still do nationwide, but we'll spend more money on local like California, Arizona, Nevada, where they can drive down and see us. You know, where people want to do business. Up. They don't want to be cooped in their house. Right. The face-to-face -face interaction for sales from the corporate, from the business standpoint to the sales rep, that's really critical. And that's been one area of struggle, I think, for a lot of businesses to adjust to. However, I think as a nation, we have been slowly prepping for this. I've closed with Vision 33, my day job, you know, $750,000 deals where even though they're 15 miles from me, I've never once met them on face. They just want to do it all through digital meetings and stuff. But I, I still think that, you know, pre-pandemic, we weren't there. You know, even during the pandemic, having people in face, you know, face-to-face, -face, doing events, stuff like that, it it's critical. I mean, the pandemic, because of not me not being able to get out to events and network, and that's one of the reasons I actually started this podcast. Right. So think about this, though. You know, Vision 33 has been there a long time. You have yep. a starting a new company. It's basically a startup or starting a new brand. You know, before oh. someone, you know, our average ticket, you know, is $100,000. They want to know there's a real factory right. <laughs> before they wire right, their right, 50%. Right. Come they want to ask, can we change this? Can we change that? So uh, doing it on Zoom is very difficult. Yeah, we have clients that come here and they drive here or fly here. But also from us, from launching a new brand, you know, the best way to do it was trade shows. And when you're at a trade show, you know, if we already oh. had, if we were already selling a million packs and then we were just doing reorder, yeah, we could do that on email. We could do that on the phone. Yeah. But to sell it at the beginning, 
you need to travel or do it's trade hard. shows, let them smoke it, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's that's what we're really missing. And we don't, you know, what will a new trade show look like? We're, we're not, you know, they're talking virtual, but it's not the same thing. Right. You can't look someone in the eye, right. you can't shake hands with them. Right. You can't have them test your product. Yeah, yeah, no, that 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 is true. And I think that's all part of this digital transformation that everybody's kind of forced to go through right now. The information that you're given, it's tremendous because it really shows your experience and your dedication to building this product because these are real struggles that a lot of businesses besides, you know, just you are facing and getting this out, I think is really, really going to allow a lot of businesses to grow. So I wanted to ask you too, from, I don't know, I, 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 heard it from a little birdie that was flying by, but you're about to be on Netflix, right? Yes. So we were fortunate uh, last year that one of our clients that we deal with in the CBD hemp space also is part of a uh, movie studio in Hollywood, and they are working a, a four-part documentary on Netflix about the hemp and cannabis space. And we were fortunate enough to be invited. They liked our story. They came and visited our plant, and they filmed us telling the story about what we're doing, how we're doing not just our, our hemp paco, but also part of it, we have vending machines, CBD vending machines. And so oh. fortunate, they were supposed to come out in uh, March or April. And because of the pandemic, they have since pushed it. And we're looking at maybe September, October. We're excited because once it goes, of course, on Netflix, it's worldwide. And we think we'll right, get calls right, from, right. you know, all over the world. So we're we're excited. That's probably like the best promotion you can get right now because everybody's binge watching Netflix. <laughs> well, and if they're not, I'm going to promote it and put press releases out <laughs> so people will watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was watching the trailer that you had sent me and it looks great. Can you tell us a name of the documentary one more time? Well, the name, they're, they're still working on it. Okay. It's called Barely Legal is what, what the working name is. So Barely Legal. And, you know, they're talking about hemp and then the states where it's legal cannabis, but why they say Barely Legal. So they go through, they, they have lawyers, they have all different things about the pros and cons of cannabis in the United States. Yeah, no, it, from the trailer, it looks amazing. It's really interesting. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs out there will find it interesting because some facts about the hemp industry is that they expect it to grow now that it's legal in the US up to 10 billion or something like that, I've read. No, $22 billion in five 22 years. Billion. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, uh, the, the CBD, the plant has so many different things you can use it for. And so now they're infusing water, they're having it in gum, there's different things they're doing with it, they're using it for cooking. So the the plant is very versatile, the hemp plant. And so they see a lot of things. Now the bigger companies are getting into it, uh, making large investments, as you saw in the trailer. So it's going right. to be interesting to see where that is. Myself and my partner, Jorge, we're writing a book on hemp. Uh, we've written several yeah. books on business books, and we're doing one called Hemp Rules, where we talk about <laughs> the, the past, the history right. of hemp, where we are today, and where we think it'll be in the future. It'll be printed on hemp paper. Where <laughs> we, we want to time it so it comes out at the same time as, as the documentary. Oh, that, that'll be great. And I'm sure that it will definitely be a really good read. Some other questions I have just in general about hemp CBD. For me personally, this topic's of interest just because I suffer from psoriatic arthritis. My rheumatologist today actually was like, hey, maybe it's about time that you start trying CBD. My son 
suffers from seizures and he's on, he's 17. He's on about eight pills a day with three different medications, still has seizures. So now we're about to start testing CBD with him. And one question that I have, I, I, I gotta be truthful with this, is it just makes me nervous because everybody's like, hey, CBD, it cures this, it cures that, it cures this, it cures that. Does it really cure all the stuff these people claim or is it more focused a few specific areas? What do you find? Well, keep in mind, if you do the research, right, basically it's mm -hmm. an anti-inflammatory, right? So that goes back mm -hmm. to your arthritis or the seizures. The, the seizures has proven it works. You know, in Mexico, right. uh, CBD is legal for seizures. That's the only wow. thing it's legal for. So epilepsy, uh, there's a San Diego company, since you're from San Diego, yeah. called Hemp Meds. They got approved to get their product into Mexico. The CEO, their daughter, would have this epilepsy, was bringing CBD in from the United States. He felt like a criminal. And he said, I don't want to feel like this. So he went in front of the Congress, pleaded for it and got it legal in Mexico. So, you know, the people who use it swear by it. Of course, it doesn't work for everything, right? You're not right. allowed to make claims, but it's, you know, basically when I say an anti-inflammatory, you would think the things that would help would be arthritis and, and those type of things. A lot of senior citizens use it for that reason and they feel good using it. That's great. When you start using products for the first time, like your smokables that you have with the CBD in it, typically, how long does that take to ramp up? So on the, I'll separate the two. On the smokable, believe it or not, it's the most effective way to get your CBD in because as you smoke it, it's going right into your blood system, into your lungs, into your blood system. So okay. what you're going to feel is you're going to feel relaxed. So people smoke mm -hmm. them at night usually is what we see, you know, when we're doing our research with clients, they'll smoke it at night to relax or people have anxiety or just being at home, people have anxiety. Right. So by smoking one yeah. or two of them, it relaxes them. So that's immediate. But if you have arthritis or some of those things, you know, you're going to have to take it for a, a week, two weeks, three weeks to start feeling it because it has to go through your blood system and, and do it much like medicines or aspirins or those things would take uh, for arthritis. Okay. But yeah, you would, you would get on a daily regimen for CBD and take it, you know, I take it daily through a tincture to make me sleep at night. So. Okay. 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 And with your, your company, do you only have the smokables or do you have it coming out in other forms? Is that something you're exploring? So right now we focus on what we're good at is smokables, high volume smokables that are, you know, the market right now, we have a white paper, the market right now are all pre-rolls. So that's, you know, done by hand. And so if people right. need, you know, if you want to be in a 7-Eleven or a Circle K, you can't roll them by hand. It doesn't work, right? So we're scalable. We could do 30 million a month, right? Or just add another line and do 60 million a month. So we're scalable. Wow. That's what we do. But in our in our vending machines, our CBD boxes, mm -hmm. those uh, could sell any products through. So that's phase two of our business plan is to do it later. But, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that I'm sure you know or your clients know, we just signed a, a letter of intent to merge with a much larger company that will be, they're from Canada, Congrats. but they own farms in Oregon. Yeah. And they, they, they specialize, they're the largest CBG grower in the United States. And so the plant has different types of cannabinoids and CBG is a different type of cannabinoid. They're the largest uh, for that. And there's a lot of studies coming out on that. It's like CBD, but it, it's different. It's called CBG. 
So we'll have a full line of CBD products in our portfolio, you could say. So while we're out selling and marketing, and our plan is when Mexico becomes legal, we'll have our smokables, but we'll have all our CBD products for Mexico. Right. So with your your products and all that stuff, is there, with the global pandemic that was going on, I mean, have you had any supply chain issues or anything like that getting it out? I mean, I know the sales stuff we talked about, but have you had any slowdowns of getting things in or out? The answer is yes. There's always challenges and either they're real or made up and we don't stop. We always have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. If we were a regular startup, you know, we might be crying, but because we have a a facility in Mexico and we can buy from Mexico, our printing, we do Guatemala, Mm -hmm. we have Mexico, US. Uh, We had a challenge with some of our filters. They were coming out of Ohio. Ohio got closed down, but we had a plan B in North Carolina. They were deemed essential because of tobacco. So we brought our filters in. So nothing's easy, but no business is easy. So we don't give up. on the phone. We'll pay, you know, DHL to ship it. We don't take no for an answer, but I think a lot of people use the excuse too, or, you know, shipping or, you know, they were late. Let's put it that way, but push, 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 you know, we don't want to be late to our customers. And I think that is really what separates you is that you, you don't take no for an answer. You don't accept that you go above and beyond to make sure that you hit your deadlines, that you have your product, that it's being shipped. And if if plan A doesn't work, you already have B, C, D, E, F, G ready in line to go. And I think that's what makes you successful. Yeah. And we always have the plan B, but we had to pull them into effect for for this because no one could have planned this. Now, of course, hemp, there's plenty of hemp. Right. So California, you know, San Diego, well, Imperial County is growing a lot. Mm -hmm. So we pulled it out of Imperial County. So that wasn't the issue. And fortunately or unfortunately, we don't do any business with China. So that didn't affect us at Mm -hmm. all. As things went, Mexico started having challenges and then we pulled from Guatemala. And so, yeah, we just, you know, we keep it going, keep moving. Oh, that's perfect. So I got two final questions for you. The first one is what would you, I guess, what kind of words of advice do you want to give out to anybody that is looking to get into the hemp industry itself? So the hemp industry is quite large. We call it the wild, wild west. So they should study it. So I think a lot of people and a lot of money went into farming, you know, who pushed the bill through was Senator McConnell. He's from Kentucky. And there were a lot of farmers growing tobacco. And so tobacco is $2 a pound, has been $2 a pound probably for 20 years, where hemp, Mm. when it came out, was $100 a pound. And so they obviously, we're going to do the same work and make $100 a pound. So a lot of money went into farming. And now, of course, there's a glut, supply and demand. So we like the space we call consumer goods space, fast moving consumer goods space, but there's so many, there's labs that came out. And so labs now are doing Mm -hmm. testing because what separates hemp from marijuana is the amount of THC. So that's a whole industry that's come up that's made millions of dollars. There's a show in Las Vegas last year called MJ BizCon. Okay. And you go there and it's tremendous. And it's the same things you would see at other shows, but it was green. So printers, for the cannabis at hemp space, accountants for the cannabis wow. uh, machines that we saw in our food service days were now 
in this. So there's so much. It's the wild, wild west. That's going to be a $22 billion it Sounds like a lot business. of innovation. If you're a CPA, yeah. If you're a CPA, you could be, you could say, hey, we're CPAs for the cannabis space. If you're in your business software, we have a lot of compliance and recall. So we do batches and each mm-hmm. batch gets a lot number and then it gets every, so if oh, there's yeah. a recall, you can get, you can recall it back. That's already in the cannabis space. And that's what looks like the hemp space is coming to. So whatever industry you're in, okay, you just package it and repackage it and say, we're the leading software for the cannabis space or the hemp space. And that's what we did. You know, our cold storage, you remember, we still do a lot of business going into Mexico and coming out of Mexico. But since we understand that hemp's legal, we will warehouse hemp where none of our competitors warehouse hemp or our vending machines wow. that were doing DVDs and videos, they now do I remember CBD that. And, and hemp and we have age verification. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I remember the, the DVD kiosk. You were really big into that when we originally met probably about seven years ago now. <laughs> yes. I think it is. It's been a while. Yes. It's been a while. And so uh, they're all converted. Yeah, they're They're all converted to green. They have different products in it. They have age verification, credit card processing, and Visa, MasterCard, and Apple Watch for CBD and hemp products. Oh, that's that's great. So my very last question before we tell people how to reach you is a lot of... Okay. You know, one of the reasons I started this show is because there's a lot of people that are struggling to pivot during this global pandemic. Some of them are not nearly as experienced as you are. What final words of advice do you have for those small business owners or directors, managers of smaller companies that are just struggling to survive right now? Well, it's a lot of what I heard on your show too. You have to survive, right? We have to feed our families. We have 50 families that rely on us every day. You need to be nimble. You need to pivot. Marketing cures all ills. You need to keep marketing during this time because a lot of our competitors are not. So you need to market and just look at what's going on there. If there's a way you can, you know, everyone's saying, hey, go to the internet. Okay, that's fine. But also, Mm -hmm. what can you do to get, you know, what what businesses are? So here in California, they they said what is essential is cannabis dispensaries. It's up 200 percent their business. (laughs) So what business are you in? Go after the businesses that are that are, you know, that have to be in business that are essential to sell to the ones that are closed. I don't care how good of a salesperson you are, what product you have. If they're closed, they're not buying. They ain't buying. So you know, uh, we changed our ironic. cold storage business. I was going to say real quick, Sorry? it's ironic. That I was going to say that it's ironic that you say that because during the time when a lot of businesses were closed, our phone was ringing off the hook with leads. People were like, oh, well, we're closed right now. We're forced closed. It's a good time to check out ERP Solution. And then we'd go through the sales cycle like, yeah. okay, are you sure? Are you sure? And they're like, yeah, we love you. You want to get your solution? Uh, we'll call you as soon as this business opens back up. And we're like, oh, man, it's tough. In our cold storage business, we have one room, which will sound cool when I tell you, but it was full of craft beers, craft beers from Mexico coming into U.S. and U.S. going into Mexico. And all that stopped. You know, they made beer illegal in Mexico. It wasn't essential. The bars and restaurants were closed here. And so not only were they not turning it, which is how we make money, they weren't paying. And so, uh, you know, we went out and we found some pharmaceutical companies 
and loaded up the warehouse with pharmaceuticals. They pay more and they pay on time. And so you got to be nimble. You got to see what's working. And, you know, we say we get up early, we work hard and research and, you know, and we sell, we don't stop selling. From beer to pharmaceuticals. That is an amazing pivot right there. And I think that is the definition of being nimble and pivoting. That that's a great story. So Sandro, tell me, please, how can people reach you if they want to talk to you or your company? Where's the best place to reach them? Yes. So you can go to our website. It's uh, Hempaco, you know, H-E-M-P-A-C-C-O packaging, P-A-C-K-A-G-I-N-G.com. You'll put it up. So Hempaco packaging. Uh, If you go there, we have the video or a piece of the video from Netflix. You can sign up for a white paper. The white paper will tell you all about this business, this $22 billion industry that we're doing. Keep a lookout. We also have a white paper on Amazon. If you want to go to Amazon and your prime, it's free. And then you can always hit us up on our LinkedIn page. My name's Sandro Pianconi. We're always posting videos, papers, and things. We're trying to educate because I think that's the biggest part of our industry. Most people, and still to this day, think what I'm doing is illegal or it's it's <laughs> marijuana, and it's not. It's legal in all 50 states. It's uh, CVS sells it, you know, Rite Aid. You know, it's it's legal in all 50 states. No, that's great. Thank you for the info. And definitely, please reach out to Sandro's company. Reach out to Sandro. He is a wealth of information. And it sounds like his company's doing some great things out there. Sandro, thank you so much for your time for coming on here. It's been great. And I can't wait to see you again, man. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy Philadelphia. And hopefully we'll see you in San Diego soon. Oh, I can't wait to get back. (laughs) I love chatting with Sandro because he's always a wealth of knowledge to me. And I must admit, being on a Netflix documentary, yeah, it's pretty gnarly. In fact, I love it so much. Maybe that's the next step for Sharkbite Biz. Seriously, though, Sandro is extremely knowledgeable. And every time I chat with him, I get enlightened. He is one of the people that every time we chat, he is doing something new. And when he's doing something new, it isn't because the previous venture failed or anything like that. No, he's still got all those businesses. He just keeps adding to his empire. And I'm really impressed, though, with what he did with Hembacco. It wasn't just a newly legalized industry. Hemp was completely new for him. Like he said in the story, he found it by accident. He saw an opportunity, he learned on the go, and went after it, and now he's doing pretty awesome growing his business. Literally, growing. (laughs) That's what it takes to be successful. As we discussed back in episode 5 with William Hung, you got to dream big. And then you have to have that inspiration, you have to have that drive, that motivation, and that's exactly what Sandro has, and it shows, and that's why he is successful. I love it. So that was a great interview, right? If you love this video, please make sure that you subscribe to this channel, and also, please help get the word out. Share it, get it out on social media, give us a hand growing this channel. Also, tell us your thoughts. What do you think? What are your thoughts on the hemp industry? Leave your comments down below and let's get this conversation started. Thank you, and I'll see you all again next episode. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. 
We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story. 